Hello and welcome to The Bucket List, the podcast that helps you add to your bucket list and informs you of Pacific Ocean extremities. My name is Sam Geiger and today we will be talking about traveling to Kiribati. We all have an activity that we tend to do when we're idling on our computers. Maybe we're watching TV, in a class, or maybe we just need a temporary distraction from whatever we're doing. Some people find themselves scrolling through the social sphere, some people end up playing flash games on ad-filled websites. For me, I tend to inevitably come out of these distraction spirals on Google Maps, usually somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. I love Google Maps. It is, by far, my favorite way to explore a place next to actually going there. I love finding places that I've never heard of, places that I like the name of, and places that are in the middle of nowhere. Recently, I found myself looking through the world's oceans in an attempt to find small islands that I've never heard of. On this particular day, I found myself scrolling northeast past Fiji, about halfway to Hawaii, when I spotted what appeared to be a small island with an international airport, takeaway food restaurant, and a small township called Banana. I had stumbled upon one of the many islands of Kiribati. Kiribati is a country comprised of 33 atolls that stretches from Hawaii to Australia. An atoll is a reef-shaped island formed by coral that usually consists of a rim of land that surrounds a large lagoon. Looking further into atolls helped me answer my first question when looking at the islands of Kiribati, which is why they're so weirdly shaped. Kiribati is a nation of water, not land. The atoll that I stumbled upon, Christmas Island, is the largest coral atoll in the world and makes up more than half of Kiribati's 800 square kilometers. That 800 kilometers of land is spread out among different atolls over a distance around the size of the continental United States. The atolls are divided into three major land sections, the Gilbert Islands to the west, the Phoenix Islands in the middle, and the Line Islands to the east. Although Christmas is the largest land mass of Kiribati, the majority of the people live in the Gilbert Islands, specifically in the nation's capital, Tarawa. The Kiribati flag features a golden frigate bird over a yellow and red sunset. The bottom half of the flag consists of three sets of white and blue waves, one for each cluster of islands. The bird is meant to symbolize the outstretched arms and hands that separates Kiribati dancing from other forms of Pacific Island dance. Kiribati is known both for their intricate dancing and for their beautiful frigate birds. Although the country is pronounced Kiribati, it is spelled Kiribati. The native language, Gilbertese, is comprised of only 13 sounds, one of which is the S sound, which comes from the letters T-I in sequential order. As such, an island spelled Kiritimati is pronounced Christmas. The original Ikiribus people came to the island around 3,000 years ago from Polynesia. The language that's now spoken has really formed and developed on Kiribati. Because of this, the Ikiribus people originally had difficulty translating certain words into their language. Mountain, for example, could not be translated because the highest point on Kiribati is only three meters. Additionally, the word for airplane, Tewanakiba, translates directly to the canoe that flies. If you've heard of Kiribati, it's likely for some reason having to do with time. I mean several things by this, but for our purposes, let's begin where time begins at the International Dateline. 
Kiribati has a special place in international dateline history. Since it lays on both the equator and the anti-meridian, it's the only country situated in all four hemispheres at the same time. Originally, the international dateline cut Kiribati in half, meaning that it would be Monday in the Gilbert Islands, and still 24 hours earlier on Sunday in the Phoenix and Lion Islands to the east. In addition to the domestic confusion this caused, Kiribati is also much more economically tied to Oceania than the Americas. Because of all the time confusion throughout Kiribati, they decided to make a change. December 31st, 1994, went down in a Kiribati history as the day that never happened. The people of Kiribati jumped from December 30th, 1994, to January 1st, 1995, moving the international dateline with them. If you've ever seen the international dateline, you'll know that around the equator, it's a bit of a mess. The line juts out about 2,000 miles to the east in a seemingly random pattern until looping around American Samoa and continuing south. That mess is Kiribati, and although it looks confusing, it actually makes much more sense than it did before. This time shift brought some other changes with it as well. Most notably, Kiribati is the first place in the world to ring in the new year. This is what originally drew me to be interested in Kiribati. Each year, they hold the world's first New Year celebration, which involves traditional food, music, and dancing. Caroline Island, the easternmost island in Kiribati, was renamed Millennium Island, since it was the first place to see the year 2000. Although the island is uninhabited by people, the primary inhabitants, mainly the world's largest population of the coconut crab, were quite excited about the change. Those Millennium Island crabs, followed by those living in the Lion Islands, are also the first in the world to see the sunrise each day. Standing on the eastern shore of Kiribati, looking out on the rising sun, one can truly say that it's a new day. Not just for you, but for everyone. But the most profound relationship between the Kiribati and time is that they're running out of it. The main reason you've likely heard of Kiribati is because it's the first country in the world that will be fully underwater due to climate change. As sea levels rise around the world, entire atolls of Kiribati have become uninhabitable. Kiribati is home to over 100,000 people, living on incredibly narrow pieces of land. In some places, it's not uncommon for waves from one side of the islands to roll straight on through to the other. Tarawa, home to more than 50% of the country's population, has one road running through it that connects most points on the island. As the sea rises, though, the road has become overrun with water and is frequently taken over by the tide. It's easy to think about climate change as something that's going to happen in the future, but for the people of Kiribati, it's affecting their lives right now. Many Kiribati people have been forced to relocate due to their homes being engulfed by the ocean. Tarawa is one of the most densely populated areas in the world, and people have less and less room each year. Locals have resorted to building seawalls in front of their houses in an attempt to fight off the tide. Additionally, many Ikiribas plant mangrove plants along the beaches to strengthen the land with their roots. It takes these plants about 15 years to reach maturity, at which point it will probably be too late. Kiribati is predicted to be fully underwater by 2080, but most of it will be uninhabitable within the next 20 years. Because of this scary reality, the government has now purchased 5,500 acres of land in Fiji to relocate the Akiribas people, now known to the world as climate refugees. The problem, obviously, 
is that the Akiribas don't want to leave their homes. When discussing the island nation, their climate-fueled fate is often the only thing discussed. But for the people living there, it's an island paradise full of rich culture and beautiful people. If I tell you to think of a tropical island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, Kiribati probably has something that looks like what you're picturing in your head. The water is a beautiful shade of blue, and the shallow, picturesque beaches allow you to feel one with the peaceful ocean. In the waters of Kiribati are some of the most beautiful and diverse coral reefs in the world. The ocean provides for the people not just beautiful scenery, but also their livelihoods. People spend their days working on the water and fishing for food. In their free time, they build and race canoes, as well as hold musical competitions and play volleyball and soccer. There are restaurants, churches, libraries, and cafes, all with their own Ikiribas spin. Kiribati is a lot of things, but to the people who live there, more than anything, it's home. And convincing anyone to leave their home, a place that is yours not just in deed, but in spirit, is difficult. Ikiribas are a strong and proud people, but in some ways, they're doomed. One day, the golden bird on their flag will have no place left to land. Much like the people of Kiribati, its home will be gone. It is both amazing and terrifying that things that we do on one side of the planet affects those on the opposite side. My ability to travel to Kiribati is one of the most amazing and unique things about the time we're living in, but my ability to contribute to its downfall scares me. I wish I could tell you that Kiribati could be saved, but it's unlikely. Even if we stopped emitting carbon tomorrow, the islands would still be gone. Kiribati is not fighting for permanence. It's fighting for longevity. All we can do now is admire the beauty that Kiribati has to offer. We can go there, contribute to the economy, and help the people fight off the tide as long as they can. We can learn about the culture and spread their messages and ideas to the world. Although the land of Kiribati will be gone, the nation will live on in the people, the culture, and the memories. Most of all, though, we can take this as a warning that things need to change. The climate change is a real problem, affecting real people in real places. There are two kinds of bucket list items, ones that are time-sensitive due to our nature and ones that are time-sensitive due to theirs. Someday, Kiribati will see its last sunrise. You should add going to Kiribati to your bucket list while you still can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Bucket List. I've included some links in the show notes to places where you can learn more about Kiribati, as well as a documentary about coral reefs in the Phoenix Islands. If you haven't started your bucket list, there is no better time than right now. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.